Now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get to your mom in here. You said your you parents don't listen to this. <laughs> he just looked at me like, I really should I punch him? <laughs> it doesn't work if you're not wearing Why? a mariachi suit. Uh, <laughs> not wearing a mariachi suit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Bag and Boardcast episode number 159. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. The next being The List, the books that we are looking forward to coming out February 13th. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week it's our uh, Valentine's Day special. We don't have a name for it. We're just going to be talking our, about... Our three loves? No, I don't like that at all, Paul. Oh. Yeah, Paul, you're usually better at this. Really letting down everyone it, on that Maybe we one. should start isn't thinking. It, isn't no, it greater than three? Uh, oh, it's I did something like that. Greater than three. It's a heart. Uh, and we're talking about three things. You know, favorite comic book character, or comic book character, writer, and comic book artist right now. Is that what I said at the end of the last episode? Yeah. Or whatever? Yeah. I didn't say greater than three. So said less than three. Oh, is it less than three? Yeah. Okay, so it's our less greater than three. than three doesn't work. I don't know. I, I always got confused. I have to look at it it's, like Pac-Man. It has... Less than looks like an L because it's... Less than... See, I always think about Pac-Man. He always wants to eat the bigger number. That's true. That is true. That is what he wants to do. Yeah. But you I always want to dr- do... I want to drink some beer because it's good. Hey, Pac-Man. Uh, and this is, um, a actual, what is it, Norwegian brewery. Uh, why don't you have the bottle? Yeah, why'd you put the bottle over there? I don't know. I don't. It had, still had beer in it. John's so kinda... old, he's wearing those glasses that now he has to put everything far away to read. It's true. <laughs> I have to wear those glasses. Shut up. <laughs> I'm blind. Uh, <laughs> I have to wear glasses. No matter what. This is Emily's. Emily's. Emily's uh, Dutch Ale, and it is their black IPA. It is a black double IPA. Uh, it uses black malts to give it that color, and um, it also gives the black malts gives it that roasty. And it's it's not bad, but it has like a bitter to it. It's very it's, roasty. It's very roasty, smooth in the middle, that transition, mm-hmm. but it leaves you with a bitterness right on the end. Back like, the after yeah. I finish, I'm going to need to go get a glass of water. Just yeah. because like it, it is, it's drying out the back of my mouth, yeah. but it's good. I like it. I like it quite a bit. I love the roasty up front. I love yeah the full mouth feel of it, and then but man, it is that afterness. That smoothness, it's just like velvet in your mouth, but then, then it, <laughs> it just sucks all the moisture out of your mouth. Uh, it it is good. It's not. I don't. <clears throat> I do like it. Yeah. It's not. It's not my favorite. I can't put it over anything else we've had so far. Yeah. Do you guys? You guys want to try I'm to ready. score it? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, I think I'm. I'm going to give it a six. I, I would give it a six as well. It's good. I like it, but this is definitely a sipping beer. This isn't a beer you want to have when you're sitting down to do a podcast. And though. because I'm sipping and everything, I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to give it an eight, which is my highest score so far. Wow. Really? Yeah. I really love that first bit and. Granted, uh, how do you feel about the rest of it though? The rest of it <laughs> driving me out. That happens with a lot of IPAs. Yeah, yeah. And this is a double IPA, but 
man, that first bit. It it's, keeps me coming back. And the dryness keeps me coming back for more. Yeah, you keep wanting yeah, to, yeah. To, to take that sip. Uh, and this did have uh, some sediment and, and yeast and what have you on the bottom. Um, I think it was like $5 a bottle, and it's just your normal, regular size bottle. Um, and I got that. I got it because it was something different. So now that you know the price, Paul, what do you put it at? Oh, I give it back a 7 yeah, I give it back a seven. I, I uh, give it back a point and make it a seven. Um, after the price, I point. got two two single bottles of those, and then I've had I got something that is a favorite on the podcast. We've had it maybe once or twice on the show, um, and we'll talk about that yeah. later. Um, but that's kind of I kind of grabbed mm-hmm. those because luxury versus something we've had mm-hmm. that is on the top of all of our lists for black IPAs. Yes. Yes. Lists. List of news. Of news lists. That are, that happens. Happens. You, you know who's on the top of a list right now? Marvel with their January sales. They, uh, strongly in the lead again with unit sales of over 40%. And, uh, dollar share of, uh, 34.8%. So, Marvel, uh, is still over a third of the whole comic book buying market with 35%. So, but that puts some gap in the unit sales there of a good five, almost a good five percent. Well, they just keep putting out number ones. Yeah, I, I mean, think, I think but, that's their thing is they just keep putting every month it's a new number oh, one. You could say about the yeah. same thing last or two or September's ago with uh yeah with DC. But here's the they thing: they were all number ones. We we are reading more Marvel stuff now yeah. though, so it's not just because those are number ones, but it's because it's they're books that I'm genuinely interested in. They could have came out just with. Young Avengers and continued with the numbering. It would have been like, you know, 20-something. I still would have bought it. But, like, I'm looking forward to some more Marvel books coming out. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But it's it's an interesting spot for Marvel right now. They've got some good ideas to see if those ideas are enough to keep them up at the top of that list. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what I think will be the most interesting thing, talking about their plans, is you've seen DC make a steady march to make sure that all the events are happening in the monthly books. And with Age of Ultron coming out this summer from Marvel, that is going to be happening. You know, there's going to be an Age of Ultron book. And things in the tie-ins are going to be happening inside of the monthlies again. So it's so I'm I'm interested to seeing if uh which which one has it right. Yeah. In the sense of who will you know, what books will sell more. There is a Age of Ultron book starring Victor from Runaways, though, so I will be buying that one. <laughs> where, where is Victor? I, I, I don't know. He's going to be in the Age of Ultron book. I don't even know who he is. He's not the son of Doctor Doom. Spoiler alert. Yeah, or Magneto. Oh. Yeah, another spoiler alert. Uh, He's tied to a villain from the Marvel Universe. Is it Kang? Is it the Kang? No, that no. was that was Kang, actually. <laughs> Well, I don't know because he, he was. You've never. I don't think you've really was, read Runaway, so it's he was, okay. Oh, I'm thinking Young Avengers. Young Avengers, yeah. yeah. That's okay. No, he's actually like the son of Ultron. <laughs> but yes. Did you have something you were going to go into? Uh, I was going to go into talking about Marvel con- continually putting out number ones. Okay. I think we can expect some new number ones coming from DC with the cancellation of some books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, Hawkman. Hawkman, uh, Ravagers, Team Seven, and Sword of Sorcery. Okay, those aren't any surprising books to be canceled. Not no. like 
Iron yeah, Empire kind of was surprising to me. Yeah, but you have, I mean, Team Seven is that, four issues yeah. in. Yep. But same thing with Sword of Sorcery. We didn't pick it up. No. No. It didn't have much buzz around it. Uh, no, and it's kind of like some of the some of that stuff is kind of surprising. Like Phantom Stranger is something that I thought would get canceled right away. Uh, and I, I enjoyed the number one, the number two, okay. Um, sorry, Chris. And I liked the number one of, um, I thought the number one of Team Seven was a better starting on point than that zero issue. Mm-hmm. Um, those zero issues just seemed tacked on to those books. So I don't know if that, but we bought them all. So we bought, yeah. we, we, we did buy those. Uh-huh. And I think, but I think those zero issues were a big. I thought the strongest one was the sword of sorcery of yeah. those zero yeah. issues. I like the Talon one, but it's still going. As- but, aside yeah. from, I think, aside from the Talon one, and the sword of sorcery one was a good zero. Mm-hmm. It was, but to start some of those books, to have that zero issue that's not as good as your number one, could have really hurt those books, especially like Team Seven. Team Seven Zero issue was horrible. The first issue did the exact same thing as the Zero issue about showing the team and what their skills are, but in a good way and in that story, like kind of show just it really well. And the first issue of Phantom Stranger, you and I both really liked that. Yeah, it was decent. DC's shaking things up left and right. Don't oh, I had a no no I, I had, I'm not moving into anything. Okay, I thought you were going to. I'm just I'm just saying that they are shaking things up left and right with these books cancellations and adding on new books. That that they are, and we had a gigantic reveal of someone stepping down from their 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 post. Their post? Yes. This is huge news in the world. I don't want to take it, anything from you right now, Chris. I'm afraid. What what is that, Chris? I don't uh, know. I was I, I was hoping someone was gonna say the Pope, and I'd be like, no, close, <laughs> no. John Johns. Uh, <laughs> no, stepping um, down from his pulpit, yeah, would have been a good setup, and maybe I would have gotten there with that. But eh, his post, I'm like okay. thinking, Mark Zuckerberg stepping down uh, from Facebook. I was I was thinking of Danielson practicing his crane kick on the yeah. beach. But uh, actually, everyone leaving the DC Green Lantern books. Uh, coming up in June. Those teams are going to be no longer on the Green Lantern books. So Pete Tomasi, Jeff Johns, Peter Milligan, and Tony Bedard are uh, doing their final issues in the Green Lantern universe. Wow. So July is going to be all new Green Lantern yeah. core of books. Well, they just solicited May, so we don't know how many Green Lantern books there might be left. Well, yet. they just solicited May, but they've put out the previous solicitations for June. Oh, well, but July... Is there less? So, well, no, June's there. The is there issues, issues? issues for June are their final issues. So July is going to be completely new creative teams. But they could c- cancel those books still without. They're they're not marked final issues though in the solicitations. Okay, I think I, I don't know how solicitations like, you know, and previews yeah. work. I'm sorry. So solicitations, it'll always say like issue number blank, or it'll mm-hmm. say final issue if it's going to be. The final issue. Mm-hmm. Um, these you, are just regular issues, but wrapping up that those characters' arcs. And you think it would be more of, like, Fantastic Four yeah. ending theirs. You think DC would 
these guys are stepping down and these books are ending. Really, this is when you need to jump on to blah, blah, blah. They're all leaving right with the wrapping up of the uh, Wrath of the First Lantern uh, story arc. So we'll be going into something fresh probably in July from fresh creators, which is kind of cool. I'm interested to see... I'm interested to see who comes on to those and and what they're going to do with those books. You know, the reason why I fell out of Green Lantern was because I felt it was so bogged down in its own new continuity that nothing seemed really fresh to me anymore. They were just re, you know, re-going into the what has been established in the last five years. A lot of good stuff was established in the last five years, but it didn't seem... Fun that's, to me anymore. That's any comic book, though. Right. What do you like about Fantastic Four right now? Right now, that it's fresh because they're doing what they used to do before <laughs> Hickman's run. You know what I mean? Like, what did you like about Hickman's run? It was going back to everything that they were building on within the past like couple well, years what, over at Marvel. Yeah, what Hickman was building on and then building on. It seemed like he was leading a story and building on. Something. So, what was that? How's that different from what Jeff Johns was doing? I'm I just thought you, did, you stopped Hick- reading it because you didn't like the color spectrums. Yeah. That was really... It got bogged down into that, and that was the continuity that they got bogged into, was that color spectrum thing, and they kept on... Like, you just didn't like the other colors showing up in the books. Yeah. It's bogged <laughs> down into that continuity. It's 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 explaining that over and over again, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. You had your War of the Lanterns and Blackest Night. Okay, let's move on now. Where Hickman had how many years on Fantastic Four? We don't know. We, we don't know. We did Three? <laughs> How long have we been doing this podcast? Three, Three years, right? Yeah. So less than that. Because Mark okay. Millar was writing it. So it didn't get that time. If he kept on going and like just re-exploring the things that he built on, then maybe it would have gotten stale. You know what I mean? It's just time and perspective. Okay. That's the difference. I, I was going to say, if you stop reading it. About four years a difference. Okay. Because... We've been done this for three. Jeff Johns, what two years before we started doing the podcast? We started with Blackest Night. Yeah, yeah. and I think it, he was he was on that. And because the, they well, were what, setting, they were setting up everything from Blackest Night in uh, Green Lantern when that relaunched. Sinestro Core and War Rebirth was before that. At, at the end of Sinestro Core War, they teased Blackest Night, so that was one full year. The start of Green Lantern teased. Uh, Sinestro Corps War for a full year before Sinestro Corps War, so that's six years of Jeff Johns on yeah. Green Lantern. There's about, listeners, you, I'm sure there's a website where the math is already done for you. Because I think the issue where Hal's wearing the blue and the green ring is like 30-something. Mm-hmm. 30 or 50-something, I don't know. <laughs> 30 or 50, that's a big that jump. two years. <laughs> oh, there's about <clears throat> of a jump. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. That's a big jump to make. Also making some big jumps, um, I just saw this story today. Um, a professor named Carol Tilley you know, at the University of Illinois has done some research and found that a lot of the arguments that Dr. Frederick Wortham used in his paper, uh, Seduction of the Innocent. Bullface lies? Lies, embellishments, and just uh, use half of an interview to say like, oh, well, this led to truancy when the kid was like, I like comic books, but I also learn a lot about robbery from movies. <laughs> like, like, no, and that's one, that's one of the interviews. I was like, this kid went on about how he learned all about crime from watching movies, but Wortham was just like, 
but you said you liked comic books in there too. Mm-hmm. So there, there we go. Um, so I thought that was really cool because this is basically what damned comic books, uh, back in the 1950s and led to them being blamed for juvenile delinquency and just the stupid crap that movies, video games, music, everything gets blamed for now. Like, what a dick. It's a dick, but <laughs> this, that's what happens. Led to the comic book code, comics code. Yeah. That now nobody cares about, nobody's a part of. Yeah. Because I think people realize how stupid it is, but mm-hmm. there's always something else that can be the scapegoat then. I'd like to know what that guy's thing against comic books was. He probably wasn't allowed to read them. Same thing that people's thing against video games is. They see kids that's... wasting their time on something, and they don't want them wasting their time on that. They want them... It's wasting their time with stickball. It's easier to blame something like comic books or movies or video games than saying like, "Oh, well, I'm a shitty parent, so I can't raise my kid." It's it's that dang that, that dang funny book. Yep. Like people are dumb. There's there's no getting around it. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of dumb too. I didn't realize that Tic Tacs have this little thing on the top there to individually uh yeah. s- uh dispense one at a time. Yeah, I didn't. Well, nobody eats one Tic Tac at a time, Paul. This isn't that's, like that's what it's designed third for. world Africa. Yeah. I used to get the orange ones and just pop it and just pour them down my mouth. Do you want the orange one right there, Paul? I like the orange ones. Yeah. Don't, Those are from Christmas, I think. Just No, no, these just oh, came in. My, it's uh, really hard. Usually they're uh, super soft. They just came in? <laughs> like, did you order them? No, no. Uh, I, I, I got something really nice from uh, my sister-in-law's boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, he, he sent me a Get Well Soon card. And, uh, are you going to read it on air? Is that no. what? Well, no, but if listeners want to send in stuff, they're more than welcome to have their stuff read on air. Paul, you don't want to put your last name on, but you'll give them your address? <laughs> no, no. He's going to give them our address. <laughs> and then he spent, and he spent like two years saying his name on the podcast. His name's in, <laughs> like, everywhere. I know. I know. Yeah, he also yeah. sent me this uh, thing of pop, of uh, Pac-Man candies and these Tic Tacs, and also uh, a thing of uh, Ninja Turtle Valentine's Day hearts. Wow, that's really oh, nice of them. He's nicer than your sister-in-law. <laughs> she sister-in-law. Didn't, give, didn't give you anything, did she? My sister-in-law, I'm sure, helped make this card, and also came up, maybe helped come up with the idea. I she don't know. It. She signed it with him. Um... Hey, I'm giving you her. You promoted that as. My my sister-in-law's boyfriend <laughs> sent me all of this. He also sent us some comics, so Yay! it was very nice of him. What comics? Uh, the number ones that we already had from buying all the number ones from DC. Hey! That was nice of him. It was really nice. But um, Also really nice is I'm almost at the end of this beer. <laughs> and that makes me want to talk about comic books I'm going to be picking up. Yeah. What What comic book are you picking up? I bet you it's not as going to be as good as my comic book that I'm going to pick up. Are you throwing that to me, or was that no, a challenge I'm taking to it. John? I'm, okay. I'm taking it. I'm going to oh. say Batman number 17. Well, it's that's got okay. Snyder's own. The conclusion of Death of a Family. Uh, the Joker has been doing some crazy stuff, and in every Batman book uh, this past month, in number 16, every Batman Family book kind of ended the same way, with a silver platter being per- uh, presented to the title character or the hero of the book, and uh, we finally learn what's underneath that platter, and uh, we see, hopefully, the Joker's final reveal. 
is Whoa. Master Clamp. Whoa. Love. I think I'm this anyone I love masters I, and, and not just because we're a Batman podcast, but anyone who's been reading this, even if you're like, oh, I'm not a big Batman fan, you've been reading this. It probably is the most anticipated book of this month. Is that Batman mm-hmm. issue? Yeah, I'm. I was definitely looking forward to, it, and I thought about picking it, but I saw that there was something else that I'm actually looking forward to picking up, and it's a Marvel book, and it's Uncanny X Men number one. What's surprising about this though is. It, it's written by Brian Michael Bendis, uh, by Chris Pacello. Oh, Chris who, Pacello, on which our... loved him over on Wolverine and the X Men. Loved him before that, uh, but the fact that I'm willing to pick up a second Bendis-written X Men book is kind of surprising to me. Because that Bendis has a second written X Men book, also is yeah. very surprising. I'm really enjoying all new X Men. Uh, I figured when I was ordering my books for May, I was like, you know what, I'll give Uncanny a shot. Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. Give it a couple issues. If I don't like it, when it goes into the Age of Ultron stuff, hey, cool, I can jump out. The whole purpose of Brian Michael Bendis' Avengers run was to outdo sales for X-Men over at Marvel, right? Like, that's that was his goal. He's like, I don't understand why everybody goes with X-Men when they're talking about Marvel. Dude, there is some great Avengers stories, and I'm going to tell them. So it's amazing that he's now on. It still amazes me he's now on X-Men. Huh. I've we've kind of enjoyed the uh, yeah. all new X Men stuff though, so mm-hmm. maybe maybe in the time that we haven't been reading him since like Siege, he's gotten better. I love the issue where uh, Cyclops goes to rob a bank, but he actually doesn't rob a bank. He's and he just talks to Mystique the whole issue, which that was a really fun issue. Yes, I liked it. I, I it was a good issue, but man, it's comic books. It is very comic books. And John, you read comic books? I read comic books, and uh, this is one of the. New 52 that I've stayed on, and it's 17 of Demon Knight. Uh, still enjoying the book. I do enjoy Paul Cornell. I'm actually going to be picking up one of his new books over at Marvel um, in two months when that comes out. Uh, I, st- I still enjoy the book. Still want to see where it goes. Paul Cornell, still doing a good job. Yeah, I like him. like him enough to jump yeah. on to another book. Truth. I'm ready to jump into another beer. How about you guys? Oh, yeah. But before we get into our next beer, we have a dramatic reading from X Factor, number 233, page 11, panel 1, read by Chris Roy. Okay, that's handy! And that was a dramatic reading of X Factor, 233, by Chris So and we got another stuff. beer here. That's how I'm supposed to do it? Next time I do it? Yeah, okay. yeah. We're okay. supposed to have all this stuff ready. Like, I did it the first time. <laughs> Forget week to week. I need a couple. Well, then my, I need time I to get calibrated. I need, to get, need his calibration. I need to get calibrated. Uh, and something that never needs calibration is Firestone's Wookie Jack, their Black Rye IPA. Mm. Uh, uh, I would calibrate this all the time. It It, it really is. If... If you say pick a black IPA, it's the only IPA black IPA you can drink. I think it's this one. Yeah. Mm, well, this is a rye IPA oh. too. Oh, mm. fuck you, John. Yeah. But um, that's but that's not. It's yeah. just a uh, ale. But uh, man, yeah. If this was uh needed to be calibrated, I would totally go Garrus for this. Yeah, that's right. Mass Effect joke. Oh, I didn't get it. 
You don't need to. It's a Mass Effect joke. Good. All of our listeners get it. Oh. Everyone else gets it. <laughs> this is great, because, but it has such a great... Oh, 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 Paul's other friend gets it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I, I thought that was funny. That was good. Thank no, you. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it almost as much as this... Uh, rye. It's so much rye, though. Like It's hard to put it in the same uh, league as the other ones. No, I mean, you get the, you get the smoky, you get that rye, you get the, the hop kind of bitter to it. I mean, it's just completely well rounded beer. It just is, it's just so delicious. It is. It is a solid eight and a half for me. I would go, I would go eight and a half, honestly. You guys have talked me into it. Nine. Uh, I, I would go a nine to nine and a half. I would go eight and a half. Holding out for that nine, because I'm worth it. And Chris is what did he say? Eight, and eight a and half. half. It's oh, it's yeah. really good. It's solid. I'll That's... go. I'll go nine. I don't. Yeah. So, uh, John, this is your top beer, second only to Stone Sublimely Self Righteous at any eight and a half. I did really like that beer. And uh, Chris, this is your top rated beer at eight and a half, second only to uh, Blue Point Toxic, Toxic Sludge. Sludge. At seven and a half. That one's just so much more drinkable, but this is much fuller in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Just like <laughs> your Valentine's date, right? How how are things going with you and uh, Manly Manly? I have no idea. <laughs> like Paul's, and he's he's laughing like it's like it's the best joke ever said in the world. Because I played so so the pan and then. But it wasn't good. <laughs> so it didn't make any sense. Manly Manny. <laughs> that's not even what you said the first time, I don't think. Yeah, you that's said Manly Manly. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that makes sense that you guys didn't get it. It was hilarious in my head, though. <laughs> so it's Valentine's Day this week, so let's do a special, guys. Okay, whatever. <laughs> It's a little behind the scenes on how we plan these podcasts. <laughs> so much easier if we had, uh, you know, <coughs> listener uh, interaction. Like what's coming up for our special 169th episode. Yeah. Where uh, we turn it around. We've, we've done this before. We've gone into the viewer mailbag. Uh, we also, a while ago for, um, I think it was like a new, it was like our one of our New Year episodes, your favorite moment from the past year. People either wrote or drew them in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're looking for that other viewer mailbag. We're looking for questions and thoughts from you guys that we'll respond to. Yeah. Uh, look for those. So email us, contact at begboardcast.com. Leave us a message on Facebook or uh, Twitter. send us a Twitter, which we should get better at checking because we had listeners or a listener tweet at us and then I respond a month later. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I don't Twitter. The person that I'm uh, terrible at it. The person that uh, suggested, oh, why can't I remember Star Wars? The Star Wars Dawn of the Jedi uh, was was afraid to listen to that Lawrence episode. Guest. Hmm? Was that the name Lawrence Guest? Uh, maybe. I don't. I'm think, trying to think of the Twitter Man. handle. John, you should. Pull this it is all behind the, the scenes stuff. I was I was looking it up now. But uh, while we look up that, we're going to explain what we're doing for Valentine's Day. We love you, our listeners, number one. But uh, we also love comic books quite a bit. But how do you know which comic is going to be good? Well, there's really three options. 
You follow a character, you follow a writer, or you follow an artist. And we're going to talk about those uh, characters, writers, and artists that we'll probably follow on any book at any time. No matter what. No matter what. Or will we? Yeah, because that's the other half of this. Is what we have two halves to a podcast with three parts. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Other half of the main topic. Oh, did you find the name? Yeah, it was Lawrence Guest. Oh, good. Well, thank you, Lawrence, for sending us tweets. Tweets. Tweeting it. I'm just I I'm horrible at Twitter. I just it's too much happening for me. My uh, phone app, the Twitter app, no longer works on my phone. It loads and then it just kicks out. Because I have an old, old phone. You have an old phone? I, um, I should start, I'll start checking that more often. Well, thank you. Um, so I, I just heard a lot of Paul talking. I didn't hear any of the words he actually said, so. We're going into the main topic. Right. So, who wants to start us off and where should we start off? I think the, the thing we, number one, who do you follow? What do you follow most? Character, writer, or artist? I think it's writer for all of us, right? It's tough. Is it tough? It is. That's that's tough. I thought we were just doing like your all-time favorite character, all-time favorite writer, when your all-time favorite artist. I I thought it was. See, this is behind the scenes stuff again. Uh, I thought it was. You, yeah. What writer and artist, writer, would you follow on what a book, no matter what they're writing, an artist that you would follow on what book character that they're drawing and a character that you would follow no matter what the creative team was. See, that was never said. No, it was said. It was said because then I'm like, yeah, and then we'll and then have we to come up, up with, with the, okay, if they were on this book. Yeah, we would have to then try to figure it? out like how to try to persuade them not to buy that book. You remember? Is this coming back to you? I remember Paul saying that and I was just <laughs> like, Ugh. I remember Paul saying that, but I never thought we were doing that I didn't the think, show. Yeah, because then you came back and suggested what, John? Yeah, yeah, thank you. I came up with favorite character, favorite writer, favorite artist, and then you were like, oh, we should have it go like this. And I was like, all right, whatever, Paul. <laughs> what? Then he agreed. <laughs> I agree with what you said that I said, so I'm just going to do that. But I said just your favorite, like all-time favorite. <clears throat> so that's a tough decision, writer... Yeah, so let's let's <laughs> let's get back to the let's. This is a good discussion. Okay, yeah, let's, let's do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, we're not prepared at all for this. No, I I was ready, but we have extra it's just days. One of those everything. days today. I so don't know. Monkey wrenches. And you you kind of feel like that. Yeah, yeah. I felt. Like Paul, that did you feel day. like that today? It was just I, like I did one try of those... to. I tried to get you guys a little bit more energized just by throwing out some. Uh, Weird stuff before the podcast. Manly, manly, <laughs> and then other stuff. And you have we we've all dropped in the ball. I f- I feel like I've dropped in the ball, and it's I just, uh, manly, manny. It's just <laughs> it's not good. So we're recording on Wednesdays. I'm not used to it. No, it's not like that day we recorded on a Saturday, like <laughs> ten o'clock <laughs> in the morning. We were on. I had to go to work right after that. Still got your drinking in. So. Oh yeah, I mean right. Not gonna not drink. <laughs> a lot of eggnog. <laughs> all right, so okay. my voice was really raspy all that day, though. Just I, <laughs> I would probably, probably I would follow a writer over a character or artist, hands down. If I'm gonna pick up a try a new book, I'm gonna look at the writer name first. It's just how I 
been going. No, I I buy for characters, but I buy by writer. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, so could he explain? No, okay, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll, Is there a way to explain if, that more? One of my favorite—I I don't want to put a name out there because mm-hmm. one of my favorite writers is on a book that I have no interest in at all. Absolutely don't care. I probably wouldn't buy it. I understand that Aquaman. But, yeah, but uh, Aquaman, I have an oh. interest in. Like I'm just—I can't even. I'm trying to think of a book. If ambush book, I'm gonna say Scott Snyder because he's not at that level for me yet, okay. and he's not my pick. Oh, sorry if he was one of your guys's, but whatever. Mm-hmm. If Scott Snyder. Went over to be on. I'm thinking, trying to think of a terrible book that Misty Knight. I would not buy. Okay, yeah, like that. The Fearless Defenders. Yeah, that Defenders book. I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy that. No matter who was writing. Haha! <laughs> now I know what to throw at him. <laughs> it's just there's there's no there's nothing for me to pick up there. I have no interest in the characters. I don't care about the story. I don't know. That that's. Kind of, I buy more for the characters. Like if Scott Snyder goes over onto Ambush Book, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I'll check that out. It's that, a good be fit fun. between character. Well, it, it's an interesting. I don't even know char- if it's a good fit. Well, no, but it's an interesting <laughs> character that you wouldn't mind reading with a writer you like to read. Yes, but you look character first, then writer, and that's where your decisions really made. Like, yeah, you're not going to even look at it. Where I look, I'm like, okay, what is so and so writing? Oh, is that a character I'm interested? You know, and who's on art? Because all three things add up to your buying yeah. purchase. Well, you know, your that purchase. But I think I a lot. First. I think I think actually all three that we're looking at do hold sway about what you're gonna. Yeah, exactly. What you're gonna read about a character. I'm just saying, what's the like? If you're looking through the shelves or looking at previews, what what is your eye looking for? Is it character, writer, or artist on a book? Do you look through? I'm like, oh, what. And that's that's my question to you, John. What am I? I I think it's a little bit it's a little bit character, and it's I think a little more writer, right? For me, uh, it's if it's somebody if it's somebody who I don't recognize off the bat, but it's a character I like or enjoy and kind of want to get and maybe reading more, I'll pick it up. If it's a writer's if it's a writer and I go, oh, they're doing a new book, I'll check that out. I do that. I do that with actually um, Hickman. Yeah, I picked up that one where there at the time Red Robin, Red, Red Wing, Red Wing. He's got a new one coming out. I think in April. Yeah, the the sci-fi western one. Mm-hmm. Picking that up because Hickman is Hickman is a it, it is a name mm-hmm. that I go. I'd like to see. What he does with that? What he's what he's got planned for this? Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to be in it for it for the long haul, but I'll read that number one and then go. Ooh, maybe I'll wait for trade. Mm-hmm. You know, Red Wing. I was kind of like, uh, I could go one way or the other. I picked up the trade. It's good. Did you read it? No, it's on my stack of shame. I rebuilt my stack of shame. <laughs> it gets built up every year, and then I have to read. Where do you have that stack of shame? And then you're like, I'm going to start reading novels. <laughs> yeah, because that got was through, a different got, stack of shame. And you got through. You got through Animal Farm because it was really small. <laughs> yeah, it was like super small. so short. I also got through uh, Slaughterhouse Five, and that's a thinner book. And then I didn't get through uh, Catch Twenty Two. No, that's where I kind of stopped. 
I picked up an uh, Ayn Rand book. <laughs> yeah, that'll do yeah, it. Yeah, that'll stop you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what... Well, we so we... Do so, we want to start off with writer, then? I think we start off with writer, then. And um, my top writer, it, it was it was definitely between uh, these two gentlemen, uh, no offense, ladies, uh, Jonathan Hickman and Jeff Lemire right now. Those are my, my two big favorites. And they're two... They're, like, at the opposite ends of the spectrum. Jonathan Hickman will tell these really big, out-there, time-looping, space-traveling, crazy, epic stories. And Lemire tells such a family, personal story that does involve, especially what we see in Animal, Animal Man now, these epic, big ideas. But I think that's because him and Scott Snyder were working together on those really big ideas. But what I love from Jeff Lemire is that those family moments, that interpersonal relationships that he does so well. Essex County, uh, Animal Man. I haven't finished or even read that uh, The Stray Dogs that he wrote and drew. And even Sweet Tooth, crazy ideas. that I And I did pick up a couple issues of Sweet Tooth. I don't know if I'll ever read all of Sweet Tooth. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't it for me. So maybe that. I kind of want to get into Sweet Tooth a little bit more because it's post-apocalyptic boy with antlers, uh, and a badass bounty hunter named Jessam, I believe, or something like that. See, I like Jeff Lemire for his more grittiness, with one that first episode of uh, Green Arrow. I really liked that. Uh, I haven't even I haven't read it. You haven't read it either because it just came out last week. Last week you were going to let me borrow it. But you've sent it down a storm drawer. I've actually just totally ruined that book. It looks like shit. You you threw it down a storm uh, sewer. No, it fell. I had and, a I had uh, two books. I was walking. It's, in, I was walking stand- into work and it slipped out because I had them kind of folded over, holding my hand, and the one went out, landed in the street in the rainy snow. And it was you know next to a container there of was, ooze. I don't know where you're getting all this from, Paul. It was next to a container of ooze. I sent you a message just being He's like... He's making a Ninja Turtles joke. Just let him finish. I don't want to let him. Hopefully, You're the one that ruined the book. Why would you take it out on Paul? And hopefully in a couple of years <laughs> we'll get an actual really weird-looking green, green arrow coming out of the sewers to uh, protect a, the city. It's going to be a mutated comic book. Just, like, pages falling off of it. It's gunning for John. <laughs> Probably. Because there was no threat to lead its way. Uh, and, uh, and what he did with Justice League Dark, because it's, yeah. it's the book that I... That's a great team book now. It's, it's the book that I wanted, and he's nailed it. Team book, interpersonal relationships, and, uh, yeah, some cool mysticism th- thrown in. Yeah. Gonna be a sad one, he's not, uh, not doing that book anymore, and it's just Ray Fox, Ray... What was... Who's taking up that book? He, Ray Fox, right? I don't know. Is uh, Lemire leaving that book? I believe so. Oh, I'm a little sad. The Constantine, the new Constantine writer. Oh, I don't remember his name. He's just writing the Batgirl right now. Oh. Yeah, it was Ray Fox then. Ray Fox, yep. Um, I believe he's taking over both those books, Constantine and then Justice League Dark. Hmm. That's good that there's going to be like one person in charge of both of them, though. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether it's going to be co-writing for a little while. Yeah, that should be good then. I'm sorry, you were... I was, oh, no, I was just... I was saying, yeah. I want to have like a singular direction then for those two books. I don't. So that's my writer. Boom. 
No matter what book he's on, I'm going to try Can it you pick and him? read it. Because you talked Hickman and Lemire. Yeah, but I said it was between those two. It's between and those going, twos. And then but then went, John went, and then you're like, that's my writer. Like, Didn't you go? No, I, I was just you, I, I was just talking about what I like about Lemire is more okay. his gritty. And I was talking about all the things I like about Lemire. His but you just talked about everything you liked about Hickman. I talked about how he has this big scientific <laughs> epics, but and then you and then and but Lemire does scientific, uh, and you never said which one you. Well, because you interrupted. <laughs> I thought you. I thought you picked Hickman. Uh, see, <laughs> but John already described all of Hickman's, you know, stuff already. I am just stepping all over you, <laughs> yeah. you today. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It happens. Uh, but I'm I'm going to go with Jeff Lemire. I I really am. I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of his Sweet Tooth stuff. I did give it a try though, and I think I think that shows something that I'm willing to pick up his straight off stuff. His his stuff that was his independent work that's now getting republished, and his Essex County tome is huge. It's a big but book. really good. Really, it's a really quiet comic book. If that makes any sense to anybody, just thematically. Sounds boring. No offense, but it's good though. It'll drive you to tears. Uh... Like blankets, I would describe the same way. Thematically, it's a very quiet comic book. It's, but it reads well. You don't want much distractions going on near you when you're trying to read it, because you want to get totally immersed and involved in the story. Okay, then, then I can understand where you're coming from then. Okay. That makes more sense. So Lemire picked writer. <clears throat> you want to go next? No, you can go. I Do you guys want to try to throw a book at a character at me and see if you can knock my Lemire-ness off? Uh, that, that was going to be the second half. Okay, we can do so that. Save that half. for the okay, end. We'll save it for me. Um, planning. Planning. Progress. Well, you said that that's the second half. Yeah, I know. Before, so we'll do that for the second half. Sometimes I'm like John. I don't even listen to what I said. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I I thought John picked Jeff Lemire. <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to pick Jeff Lemire. No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, well, who do you want to pick? Your wife keeps sneezing. Is she something. dying? She's fine. It wasn't on the podcast. <laughs> no, I know. It, just, it kept going and it made me laugh. <laughs> she sneezed again. I don't know. She's, she's sneezing for attention. Just go. Just go. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I think I'm. I'm going to go with uh, Mike Mignola. Um, I've always enjoyed everything I've read by him, and I mean he's kind of staying in his own little world right now. But if he were to say he was going to write a Spider-Man, or he was going to write any other character. He's somebody who I would go, okay, let's, I'll see what he has to do. I'd, I'd enjoy to see his take on that. I've been reading just about everything he's been writing over at Dark Horse. I think the only things I haven't really been picking up too much are the, um, um, Bureau, the, uh, BPRD stuff. Um, just cause I don't know where to jump into those. They're always in some kind of story arc, and then the story arc seems like it has to deal with the previous story arc. That is a lot more ongoingy than yeah. the Hellboy stuff is. And um, but even like the uh, the Baltimore stuff, I really like that. Um, the uh, Witch Hunter book, um, the second volume of that, Baltimore, I did. Baltimore, uh, Witch Hunter, 
Baltimore Plague Ships. Oh, yeah. Baltimore Plague Ships. Um, but, uh, I, I just, I, anytime I see his name solicited and it's not a BPRD book, I buy it. And I would. They said he was going to be writing Wonder Woman, I'd, I'd pick up Wonder Woman. Yeah, but Wonder Woman, he could do some really creepy Greek gods and myth stuff. Yeah. He, and he, he does would, love myth and folklore, and so. He would dive into that. <coughs> that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Sure, might ring her down on my phone. So, okay, Chris. Um, I've talked about this writer before. I am now. I will again. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn. It's one of those writers that when I see his name on something, I pick it up, and it goes. It all goes back to Runways and the Hood miniseries that came yeah. out when we first got back into comics. He wrote that. I mean, those are. I don't want to say two completely different books, but I mean, one's more gritty, supervillain crime drama, and the other one, it's it's a Teen superhero book. Teen team superhero book at that. And he does, he balances a different group of characters. He can write in a distinct voice for each character. And then he can have guest stars show up like Spider-Man or Cloak and Dagger. And it doesn't feel weird or out of place because this he Cloak can, and Dagger was awesome. He can handle those characters. And when it was solicited that he was doing a talking lion hardcover graphic novel. Okay, I'll buy that. I read Ex Machina for probably the first, like, 40 issues, like half the series almost. Um, Saga, I bought that based up like, I saw his name on it. He hadn't done anything in a while. Okay, he's doing a sci-fi book. When I heard he was going to be joining, like, Lost as a writer, yeah, ecstatic, because he can handle a large cast of characters, and... And tell lost, a great story with, ind- that with individual voices. And he, he can tell an out-there story, too. So, for me, Brian K. Vaughn is really one of those writers. And I had a moment, Paul, when you were actually talking. That's maybe why I didn't realize who you'd picked. Mm-hmm. I thought you went with Hickman because I was like, crap, if they said Brian K. Vaughn was on Fearless Defenders, I would, I'd probably pick <laughs> it up. Because Why the Last Man? Such a yeah. great book with, you know predominantly female cast. Yeah. And all I know about Fearless Defenders is it stars Valkyrie and Misty Knight. Mm-hmm. But whatever. When I saw he he was one of the writers for uh, Arc of Buffy on the uh, season nine, I think. Or it might have been eight. Yeah, it was season eight. Um, he did the Faith story, and I was like, holy crap, I can't wait to read that. Like, For me, that's he is that writer more than Scott Snyder because... Mm-hmm. I don't think I would buy a Scott Snyder Fearless Defenders. It just one. It doesn't seem to work thematically for the guy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I like a quiet theme in my book. A quieter theme, you know. It's yeah. it's not all explosions, it's not all fights, but those moments of quiet fury can just be as intense. And I, I like Brian K. Vaughn can do a quiet fury, mm-hmm. so. Because when you're in a room where two people are fighting, but they're not saying anything to each other because they're fighting, it can be just as emotional and just as intense as if two people are standing there throwing blows sometimes. And I think it takes a great writer to get that across. But both are very uncomfortable to be in, and I don't want to be in any sort of those situations. Right? Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, you you have that when Johnny Storm died. And yeah. that fight between Thing and what Hulk? Yeah, 
you know, and that was... And that was an emotional... You could see the action there. That moment, I say before that, which is what I'm kind of talking about, Mr. Fantastic going to console Sue, and she puts up the force bubble. Just as emotionally impacting and as intense as that fight between the Hulk, Thor, and the thing. Yeah. All right, so character was our number two. Okay. You want thing? No. Mr. Fantastic? No. I haven't gone any. Oh, I... I <laughs> we were just talking about those... I things. got water and I just came back. We, we were talking about those strong emotional, uh, like, scenes that are, aren't throwing punches or anything. Oh, okay. That can be just as... The Quiet like, Fury. Yeah, Quiet Fury. I'm back, I'm back in it now, guys. That's cool. And uh, we'll go around Robin, so go ahead, Chris, with your character. Oh, I have to pick a character now? Shit. We always do round robin know, on the this podcast. Is, this is what we this do. Is, this is the one that I was like, uh, "This is really hard," but um, it's actually really not because Kyle Rayner. <laughs> really? Yeah, you could put Kyle Rayner in any book, and I'd probably buy it. So take note of that, Paul. I don't just he was my Green Lantern. He was the Green Lantern that I would see in those issues that I would go pick up from the supermarket or on the newsstand. Like I was there when he came out. Like. I never yeah. really had that for any other character as much because they had already all existed, mm-hmm. except for maybe Tim Drake. But I don't know, Kyle Rayner, just there's something there. And Tim was probably already Robin. <coughs> Tim had been Robin. But yeah. Yeah. But uh, like, Tim would probably be like very, very close second. But I don't know, Kyle Rayner, man. As soon as I heard that he was getting his own book with. New Guardians. I was like, okay. When he was the focus of Green Lantern Corps, I was like, awesome. When he had, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Kyle Rayner Green Lantern shirt right now. Yeah. Like, I liked Ion as a miniseries. Yeah, I liked, uh, I liked in even in uh, the Rebirth at uh, Green Lantern Rebirth that he gets a begrudging respect from everybody by the end of that book. Like Hal he... respect really respects him. He stands out Ollie. amongst the Green Lanterns, not just mm-hmm. because he's one of those human Green Lanterns, but he was the Torchbearer. Like, yeah. he, he kept it going. No. And he has a great relationship with all the other characters in the DC Universe because he did step into that role. I think he has a better relationship with Ganthith, the, one of the Guardians, than anybody else. Well, not anymore. Well, I haven't read the book. Yeah, you haven't. But yes, you are you are. I was right. correct. You are right. At one point. Yes, mm-hmm. I know. I was just giving Paul a crap. Uh, yeah. And, I, uh, I don't know. <coughs> and backstory between Chris and I, like, the two of us split. Some guy was selling a huge thing of Green Lantern books, and we split it, and Chris took almost all the Kyle stuff, and I took all the original yeah. Hale stuff. And even then, like, even the books I took, I think I gave most of them to you. I gave a couple of them to me. Yeah. I gave I just, like. He should he should have the whole yeah series of it, right and I've read him. I don't need anything else. He should have that whole run, um, because I know how how much he feels about it. And I was always just more of a Hal fan. I I love Kyle. I think Kyle's great. When you thought he was dead in uh, Blackest Night, just like Guy, I was mad. He's not a character I wanted to see go. <coughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, most of the characters I thought about from this were from DC. Is he is he a White Lantern yet? Yes. Okay. Yes, he is. 
solicitations and stuff. <laughs> I thought you didn't read those. I oh. try not to. <laughs> I try not to, but I do. Well, no, because on uh, the websites, when you check the websites for our picks. It, oh, okay, you yeah. get the covers and stuff. You get the covers and stuff. Kind of pick up what's happening. John. Um, this is, I I think this is a little, this is, yeah, this is kind of hard. It is. You um, said that before with the writer. It, no, but character, it's... Okay. It's Be- really hard. Because there's there's a character that I just absolutely, absolutely love. I go back and I just read their stuff and they really don't put anything out by this character anymore. Mm-hmm. And it and it's Flaming Carrot. And I know how you guys are not the hugest fans, but there's just something that I absolutely love about this character. I have five comic book statues I own. Four of them are Green Lantern stuff. There, three of them are busts with rings in them. One of them's just a Green Lantern. And then I have a big Flaming Carrot one. And my Green Lantern busts aren't out. In my living room is my Flaming Carrot bust. Everything by it. I have a single issue that got me into Flaming Carrot that I can just sit and reread and reread. I love it. Mm-hmm. And he's just, there's just something about that surrealism with that character that I love. And if they were going to put out a one-shot, i pick it up. Bob Burden is putting out a hardback collection of his entire run of Flaming Carrot. And it's one of those uh, Kickstarters that I wish I had known about it before it was over, because I would have donated that money, because it's something that I would absolutely want. So I I would, and if it was the right writer behind it, like if Jason Aronson, don't, don't skip ahead, Chris. If Jason Aronson was going, he'd be a perfect person to write. Who? If uh, who's writing Wolverine and the X Men? Oh, Jason Aaron. Aaron, sorry, I put this, <laughs> I, I put the sun on the end. Jason Aaron, if if he they said they were he was going to write a flaming carrot comic, I'd pick it up because that's a perfect writer to fit that surrealism of that character. I just, I, you passed off a Flaming Carrot book to me, and I just couldn't get into it. I don't know. Yeah. Just not for me. Exactly. And there's lots of lots of things like that. Sand, Sandman is one of those. I've read maybe six of those trades, and meh, you know? I love Sandman. It just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, it's okay. And it's one of those things yeah. that I know yeah. that... You absolutely love. I got you that watercolor painting of it. Yeah. You know? It's just, everybody's got those things. And Flaming Carrots is one of those ones that I absolutely love. Love Sandman. Paul, who's that character for you, though? Uh, It's going to be a little bit off, you know, off uh, kilter. Maybe you guys wouldn't uh, agree with me. But I'm going to have to go with Jamie Madrox, the multiple man. No, he... Not only because you guys picked up. X-Factor number 236? 33. 33. Uh, it was a dramatic reading, Paul. Yeah, for the dramatic reading. I, I keep on picking up this book. I know it's not the best book in the world. I know it's, nobody else cares. I understand you guys were sick of hearing me talk about it no, when I, I was no. waiting for it to get back to being good. It was just every, every month. And it, this book is finally going to get back to where it's supposed to be. And then the and next, I was a newsie. And the next month, in this book, it's everything's over. The the X Men universe, everything's over. 
they can get back on track. He's... How was it? It wasn't good. Somehow this person's back. They got future power, fire, fans, and I don't like it. But I'm going to keep picking it up. <laughs> Sorry, manly, manly. <laughs> <laughs> it makes total sense. <laughs> Well, I I know you love Jamie Maddox. That, that does not come. As he was the character that, when growing up, first reading comic books, he was that, uh, you know, comic relief. But there was a hint of darkness to him, and he was the character that died. You know, in a that. lot, a lot. Well, no, during that first time that I was reading co- character, you know, comic books, he was that character that died for me. You know, a lot of people have Eris or Ares or however you want to pronounce it from Final Fantasy VII. I have, I don't know who you're talking Ares. about. Uh, you never played Final Fantasy VII, did you? No. Go ahead, okay. Chris, and pronounce it correctly. It's Eris. Eris. Or Aerith. It's the actual Japanese. He but... says what's TH, right? Now. Yeah. Um, I have Jamie Matrox from the X-Factor run that I was reading. Uh, it turned out to be one of his dupes. But then when you got, we were at our first Comic-Con, they announced that there were going to be a new X-Factor book, but it was going to be called... Yeah, Madrox. It was going to be called, yeah, Madrox. And it was a uh, Marvel Knights. Loved that miniseries. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, him, it was him as a, a detective. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Newtown. Because when you have, you can have dupes go out and live whatever life you want, and you can basically do anything with your life, what's the point of doing anything at all? And he would send, and he sent out all of these dupes. A great idea. Loved it. And that's what spawned X Factor, and I've been on ever since. And it's been how many years now? At this? least three that I know of. <laughs> and before that, that first comic book convention we went to, oh, where they yeah. announced for Madrox multiple choice, uh, which you can pick up and trade as multiple choices. That's got to be like six, seven years. Yeah, yeah it's been a while. It's before I was married, so more than seven. Yeah, because I was, so I was still seven. with, I was still with Lisa. So, a good eight years of me really enjoy picking up this character, even if the book hasn't been great. And that's, and I think that is kind of love. It's, it's love of this character through thick and thin. And this is a character that I've stuck with through really thin times recently. Yeah. It hasn't been good, guys. I'm sorry, Paul. I don't that's know okay. what, like, what I've... This is a cry for help, actually. <laughs> this is... What I've... We can tell Don, don't let him buy X-Factor anymore. And then he's like, he's the only one that buys it. I only order it for him. I order one issue. What I flipped through of X-Factor, like, they had seen out wasn't bad. It isn't bad, but it isn't... There's nothing there. It's not what you want. It's nothing there to... I pick it up. It's a nice habit. It's not a bad habit. You know? Yeah, it's it's a book to read. It's a book. I read it, and then... but. No, by the time I put it down, it's not like I'm like, oh, I can't wait to tell the guys what happened to the X Factor. It's not like, you know, some of the other books, the books that I want to come on to the co- comic book, this podcast and talk to people about. It's not one of those books. I'm just, I'm looking up uh, Sandman stuff now because it's like, wow, I haven't read Sandman in a while. So I'm just like flipping through the internet for Sandman stuff. But Sandman is your... Your pick, apparently? No. I no. just I, I love Sandman. I can't wait for it to come back. Oh, wait. You already picked. I already picked. Yeah, you picked. Yeah. Kyle Rayner. Yeah. It, it was tough, though, because I really love Tim Drake, and then Dick Grayson's an awesome mm-hmm. character, too. Like, But, yeah. It all comes back to uh, my boy, 
Kyle. But Paul, we're round robining it. Oh, so I'm. I'm so I'm do you go again, or do no? I to get John. to go. John gets to go first. Okay, now. John goes now. Uh, and and it's going to be artist. And... I should have went after you. What's the round robin? I don't know. It's okay. Well, I don't know how they work. Um, and for artist, just someone who I do absolutely love, and uh, it's Eric Powell. I love just the watercolors he uses on it. Everything he does, the lines. He did that Superman uh, Bizarro World, mm-hmm. and I loved it. That's when I said, "Oh man, I love, I just love the way this guy draws. He's got that pulpy feel, uh, and yeah, he's somebody who, if I saw that he was doing a book, even if it was just on art, I'd pick mm-hmm. it up. I picked up that Superman. Yeah, you know, action comics. So yeah, yeah. It was during the action. It was during, uh, uh. Jeff uh, Johns from Jeff Johns with Richard Donner. Mm-hmm. I think Donner was off it by then, but but yeah, he's just someone I just I just love the way he draws. I thought it was funny when I was trying to get uh, Jeff Johns' name out. I did the ring. <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> punching at me. I'm like the Jeff Johns, the ring. Okay, go ahead, Chris. What were you can can you go? Yeah, or, I can go. Well, uh, no, I can. I knew that you was going to be one of your time. picks. Uh, if we did it the way I originally was going, I thought was favorite character, then you're just favorite writer, favorite artist, it would have been reverse for what I said. Because I just love, I love Powell's. And this is, oh, this is why I don't I would, understand what's This is why reverse. I'm going to, I would have said, I love the way Powell writes his noir, okay, horror, Kind of thing. He's really only written, uh, the goon. The goon. So I don't know how he would write any other people. And I've read different stories and different mm-hmm. characters written by Mignola. But I do love Mignola's artwork too. Mm-hmm. I did that for some reason, his dark and grittiness that he draws. Did he, uh, draw Gotham, Gotham by Gaslight? Yes, he did. Okay. Uh, he wrote Andrew. He wrote Andrew. Yeah. It's oh. really good. Was very good. Uh, my artist that I would pick up any book that they're writing, and uh, she will be writing soon. Uh, this drawing? Is, she's going to be drawing. Kept saying writing. Oh, I'm sorry. Anything that she's drawing, she's also written some stuff, self-published okay. work. But uh, oh, it's Big Clunin. It is. Because she's going to be doing a art on a six-part. Series called The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, uh, being co-written by, uh, Gerald Way and Sean Gerard Way. Gerard Way and, uh, Sean Simon. Gerard Way from, uh, the My Chemical Rants and also Umbrella Academy fame. Yes. You were not a big fan of the, uh, Umbrella Academy. Big fan of Becky Cloonan. Willing to pick this up. It, it was one of those things when you started talking about, I was like, of course you would pick Becky Cloonan. I didn't know who I would have thought before. <laughs> I know. I, and, I thought he was going to say, like, um, I don't know, somebody else. Like, I said, oh, Becky Cloonan, like, as a joke? Because you kept saying her? Yeah. And then he was like, it is. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's, that. Paul has a mad boner for her. I love He's that. boner mad. <laughs> heavy line, simple heavy line work. Chris Omni does it. Uh, Pablo. Paulo R- Rivera. Paulo Rivera does it. Becky Cloonan does it. Eric Powell. Eric Powell does it. Uh, even 
Uh, who was the writer on Fantastic Four that I absolutely loved that I can't think of the name of? Uh, Nick Dragata. You mean artist? You keep saying writer. writer. Oh, sorry, guys. It's okay. It's, Double IPAs. It's, 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 it's one, one of those, those days. days. It is it's one just day. an off day. Uh, Nick Dragata uh, on art. Those were the ones that I kept on thinking about, and I'm like, who would I follow on whatever on a book that I would never pick up normally? I picked up Conan for Becky Cloonan, the Barbarian, and yeah. that's that's what cinched it for me. I'm like, will I try the other books from those other writers? Probably, but will I go as far as picking up the True Lives of Fabulous Killjoys, being co-written by the guy that wrote? The Umbrella Academy, which I was not a big fan of. It was really good. It's, it's I, a fun you, book. You guys love it because it's fun. It had no rules. It still had rules. I just didn't understand the rules, I guess. <laughs> I can't have fun. It's like playing a board game with Paul. <laughs> I need to know the rules first. Let me read the directions, please. Chris, go. All right. Um, this was another tough one for me because I had it down to two. Um, the one just kind of came out after we talked about Fairy Quest. In the last episode, Humberto Ramos, he's one of those artists. I've mentioned him before as being mm-hmm. one of those artists that I follow. Um, I can't remember what episode it was, but we did a, hey, yeah. what artists, when you see their name, do you pick them up? Um, Humberto Ramos is definitely one of those. But I have to say, just after meeting this character, or not, I'm doing a Paul thing now. <laughs> this Paul's writer? Like, Fuck 159. Yeah, this writer. <laughs> no, this artist. Um after talking to him at conventions, Marcus Toe. Yeah, he's yeah. just he's a great a, guy. loves hockey. He loves hockey. He's just a nice Canadian dude. Like I picked up Batwing. Yeah, yeah. Because he he jumped onto it. <laughs> it was a book that I bought for. I love that we just kind of air our grievances <laughs> against these comic book writers and artists for what books we bought for them. <laughs> Don't you understand? I bought Conan for you. I, I bought Batwing for you. I had Batwing in the comic book draft for the new 52 and i did not want to read any more of it but when i saw that marcus toe was on i was like okay marcus toe and nightwing we're gonna be in and it. N- nightwing was appearing in it too but i own two pages of artwork by this guy i love his style he's only getting better as he moves forward um i think he has to be my pick if i saw him and brian k vaughn on a kyle rayner book i'd be pretty ecstatic you know what? That's, ba- that's basically what I'm just thinking about now. Jeff Lemire and Becky Cloonan on a uh, Jimmy Madrox book was with me that either. Uh, uh, I- I've gotten it in a Goon Hellboy crossover. With the Flaming Carrot being in it? No. Yeah, because that's... that's yeah. Look for... Oh, I thought we were doing write- <laughs> writer and artist together. Yeah, on yeah. the book that we... Oh, on the book? The oh, yeah, I would fucking love that. <laughs> I wasn't paying we just wanted to make sure that our peanut butter and jelly yeah. actually made a good sandwich. So I was like, wow, that would yeah. be a cool book. But the, what wouldn't make a good sandwich? And that's what we're going to discuss or coming up here. I'm going to pause it. Oh, we love these people so much until they're paired with somebody that we absolutely hate. Isn't that the other side of love? Really? Is it? Could be. So let's test each other's love here. And, nope, uh, not going to happen. <laughs> I gotta say. And, and, uh, Chris, you, yes. you say you love Brian K. Vaughn. I do. How about if you were to re- write a Mystique book? That's right. Okay, he's, going, he's returning to Mystique? Yeah, it's been out for some time now. Have you ever read that book? I haven't. Yeah, yeah. 
So how much do you really love him? I love him. But not enough to pick up his mystique. Yeah. Who did you pick again? Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire? I don't know what else he's written. Exactly, because well, I picked here's it the all thing. up. Mystique, I don't think it's actually available anymore. I didn't read it when it came out because I was like, I didn't know who Brian K. Vaughn <laughs> was at that time. Uh, I'll say this, Chris. Would you read a Kyle Rayner Green Lantern book, or just a Kyle Rayner book, uh, written by Marv Wolfman? And, yes. And art... Art by, um, oh shoot, now I'm blanking on his name. I had it just a second ago. Marvel Wolfman? I would read Marvel. He, <clears throat> he's written a lot of Titan stuff. He wrote mm-hmm. Legion. Like, you were picking that up. Wait, I all think. right. But Art. Yeah. By. I didn't pick it up for long. George Perez. I'd pick well, it up. I Wolfman wouldn't like Perez it. Perez is a classic <laughs> that's, that's, that's the Teen Titans yeah. team. I, I'd pick it up. I don't know how long I would read it for, but I said I wasn't going to buy Earth 2 anymore, and. I I went back to it. Like I still enjoy it. I don't know. It's a decent enough read, and I think it's just from Paul Levitz and the other art that gets thrown in there. But I don't like George Perez. Marv Wolfman, I can handle it even after Night Force. <laughs> um, I I'd be willing to give it a shot. I don't know how long I would stay on the book. I'm talking for, about is Night Force hidden again? I don't even know anymore. I don't know. I, I, it's I don't think it's at my house, Paul. Do we give it to Steve to hide? <laughs> we might have. I don't even remember. We might have just taken it just because, like, <laughs> oh. It's the paranoia. Where is it? Well, no, no, yeah, it's like, I really need to clean I, up this room. Hitting it on them. None of them know where it is. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I would. Yeah. Is that, do I test, or do I pass the test? Yes. I don't know. John, Mike Mignola's your favorite writer. But what if he was writing a book for Supergirl? You're not a big fan of the Superman family, period. No, I would read that because it'd probably be really cook-ass. What What do you think he could do with Supergirl that would make you interested in it? Uh, I, I, I don't even think, like, even, like, like dark undertones to it, but I think he could tell an interesting, just an interesting story about that character. I I would actually be interested to see what he could do with Supergirl. That was a horrible pick, Paul. Not like the one I'm about to give you. Okay. Where it's Jamie Madrox, mm-hmm. as drawn by Rob Liffield. So all those dupes are gonna be very, very mad and very similar looking. Wait, that's a good thing. <laughs> Oh, you you found where this guy's got his niche. <laughs> but, but they're all going to be very, very wordy because they're written by Brian Michael Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis would do an excellent job. Like he says that a lot of times he likes trying to picture a lot of the characters in a room and just having a conversation and how they would react to each other if locked into that room. That would work well with multiple man. That's They're all scenario. talking like this, though. Here's the matter. And Who holding balloons would cover it up. And, and holding swords. <laughs> you can't see their feet either. I, I think. I think Mike is. Uh, Mike is. Mike is. Mike is. I was. Think uh, about Mike is. It was a mix of Bendis and Mike. Michael. <laughs> Michael. Michael. Bendis. But Bendis. I think Bendis would actually. 
if you went back to like that Madrix running a detective agency, Goldfish, Jinx. I think I think he's he could, away from that though. I know, but I think if he if instead of having the characters go back to their quote unquote roots, if he went back to his roots to tell gritty kind of stories, he could actually do a good All right, fine. Matrix. It's going to be written by Rob Liefeld and then drawn by Greg Land. That was my original thought. Because All the dupes why, like, why is, why is it Liefeld just writing and drawing it himself? Because Greg Land is terrible. It's going to be the same lightbox photo of Jamie for everything. Hey, just, Multiple times on the same page. But it's it's the lightbox. I is, just ordered your Christmas uh, your uh, birthday present. By the way, well, I can't see anything. That's the, fine. Uh, but I'm not going to ruin it. His light book, his light box art is going to be Litfield just holding swords, right? <laughs> Making much. this face. I'm looking. Oh, it just says your order has been placed. No, no, here it is. Oh, nice. They have it on Amazon? Yeah. Score. Get Mystique, guys. Hey! It's $18. We can do it. It's, it's out of it print. It was so hard to find. I don't go on Amazon. I've bought one CD digitally from Amazon, and I got like 20 emails the next day, and I was like, fuck this. Ugh. Not gonna join your gold shit. It's Prime and get free streaming TV shows and movies. I stream everything on other things from everything else. Yeah. Do we do a one for John yet? Supergirl? Supergirl. Oh, yeah. Flaming, Flaming Carrot, um, written by Grant Morrison? Oh, well, that would make sense. Oh, that would be. <coughs> that would work. Who's a terrible writer? I thought John didn't like Graham Morrison. I like Graham Morrison. Oh. I don't know who you're thinking of. That I'm trying to like... think. You, you, well, uh, there's a comic book writer that I enjoy that you don't. I'm trying to think of that. Hmm. It's not Marv Wolfman. <laughs> it's got to be somebody super wordy. Because when I open a page and it's like all words, I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to read this book because I have to read. <laughs> I can't just look at the pictures. I can't think of anything right I now. I can't do any. The artists are the hardest because what character would you not want to see them draw? Like, that's what I was wrecking my brain with Marcus Tao and even Eric Powell is like, I can't think of any character that yeah. couldn't take on and do well. It's more just on the book, like, finding the worst team ever to put on it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I say I say we call it and just go watch yep. something. I say we call it, too. I have the X-Cop game in my car. There's an X-Cop video game? Card game. Then, yeah, let's munchkin it up. Yes. So that's going to wrap us up for this episode. So make sure you tune in next week when we're going to be talking about more stuff. Hopefully better, because it was just one of those days. It's one of those days. It's one of those days that Paul shut off the podcast before we even did our outro. <laughs> you can always so, be... So make sure you yell at Paul over <laughs> at contact at bangboardcast.com. Or but just if you put are... it on Facebook so everybody can see how unhappy you are with him. Or if you really want to burn my britches, you just leave me an iTunes review. Oh, he hates that. And don't forget, uh, episode 169, we're going to be doing viewer mail. So write us up. Let us know something that you want to know us about, our opinions on something, Mm -hmm. or just write us. You want an issue read? Pitch us 
a bag and board comic book. Who's going to write it? And who's going to draw it? Any any topic, everything's on the table. If you want to pick the beer we should drink, tell us, let us know. Let us know early so we can actually make this stuff happen. Uh, so get it in soon, please. You got ten episodes. It's your it's your show. Mm-hmm. That's ten yeah. weeks. Well, more so than that, it's us doing the podcasts after all. <coughs> we're True. pretty regular, and we like yeah. even like you know we're on activity now. Yeah, we hit. If <laughs> Jimmy we, Lee Curtis told me to. We don't do it on Sunday. We're always here on on Wednesdays. Then anyway. we're back on Sunday to and, do the next and one, and we never forget to post it. Well, we never do. You do. <laughs> I never do. Sorry, I'm out guys. there buying beer for for next year, February for us. I do appreciate that. It's gonna be good. I can't wait. I'm so excited. When he says he appreciates that, he means like I don't plan <laughs> on being friends with you guys in a year, so all that beer is just gonna be in my basement. Paul, I have all it's that all beer. Be all that belly. beer is logged in my beer journal that you got for me for Christmas. Yeah. And you got this Munchkin game for Christmas. No, I bought it for me for myself for Valentine's Day. Yes, let's Munchkin it up. 